What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Seat Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, John Zuccarello. With me tonight, I have uh, Mike Gianetti and Jimmy Andahazy. And joining us from our North Carolina office, the former mayor of the 609, Mr. Ryan Donnelly. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, buddy. Very good. Very good. Very good. Thank you for having me on. I've really been enjoying the content you guys have been producing. Appreciate the invite. Nice. Glad to have you. So um, let's get right into it. Week five. Another crazy week in fantasy football, another crazy week in the NFL. One of the big things that we keep seeing, and I hate to keep opening the show with this every week, but the officiating has got to get better. It is constantly inserting itself into the outcomes of games. Multiple times this week where you just saw, you know, flags thrown on players that shouldn't have been thrown. Guys pulling up and changing the way they're playing the game because they're afraid to get the flag thrown on third and long. Guys, I mean... Am I just being overly sensitive this week with, with the officiating because how terrible it was in the Giants game? Or has it been that bad across the entire NFL? There are examples. There are examples in so many other games. We were talking about uh, Vikings-Eagles. There was that, that wrap-up tackle on Cousins' legs where he just kind of flopped down, and they, they called him on that. There was the Buffalo game. Uh, against Tennessee where the defender literally bear hugs Mariota, lets him go, and then he runs off with the ball and and throws it. Uh, Really incredible the way things are going right now. Yeah, one of the big big ones I saw that really drove me crazy on on the quarterback roughing the pass or, you know, the roughing call or it was, I believe it was Tennessee and Buffalo. Josh Allen running towards the out-of-bounds line. He goes out, uh, Tennessee player running towards him, pulls up and goes to turn his body and brushes his shoulder. And then Josh Allen does his best LeBron James, flops down, and then just a steady stream of yellow flags all over the place. It's, it's just gotten ridiculous. Um, I know there was another, another def- hit against a defenseless receiver in the Giants game that directly led to a Carolina touchdown afterwards. Landon Collins diving for an interception. Uh, hits Devin Funches in the chest. Devin Funches goes limp and lays on the ground like he's dead. The flags come out. He jumps up, jogs off the field. He's back two plays later. Carolina scores three plays later. It's just the, these penalties are getting out of hand. RD, I mean, you say you're down. You were, you know, two blocks from the stadium this week. You had to hear the Giants fans yelling and screaming. <laughs> I, I, I did. And I, I really felt it on my Instagram feed as I had about a dozen friends from the Northeast down visiting really getting on me about everything the one that jumped out at me too is we forget is the browns game you know a little bit of time six minutes left in the fourth quarter and um big hit on car that they did not roll a fumble yes i mean that was unbelievable the officiator came in and said the play was dead it was a clear hit and fumble and it's, it's all over the league it's rampant it, it it's, oh. it's bad it's me, real bad let me let me bring up a, something that wasn't a roughing the passer. How about Jordy Nelson scoring a, an illegal touchdown from the one? They, they, go, they go at the one. They don't even get set. They take off. They hike the ball. They haven't even – they have not set, so it's not a legal play. Carr throws the ball to Jordy Nelson. They call it a touchdown, but it's totally illegal. Even the guy on the red zone was like, that was not a legal touchdown. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh, it's gotten very bad. Very bad. My my, uh, my favorite one it didn't have a huge impact on the game. It's just the type of penalty that makes me absolutely insane. And I forget the defender, but the Thursday night game coming in barely smacking Tom Brady on the on the helmet, and it's and it's 
contact to the helmet, personal foul. And it's like, that is just absolutely absurd, no matter which way you look at it. That, that contact to a quarterback's head and neck area, when you see these defensive linemen coming through and they graze the top of his helmet. I mean, come on. you got to add something into that rule. It's got to be a forcible blow. Like, when you graze this guy's home, like, these guys are playing hard, too. They're trying to get, the, get home just like Brady's trying to get that pass off. You can't call stuff like that. Like, what are we going to do with this rule? Is it going to turn into, you know, as soon as you get a hand on the quarterback, the play's dead? Like, is that where we're going with this? Is that where we're going with all football? You can't touch anybody? Yeah, put flags on them. You know, uh, I, I hate to say this, but uh, so we had Ray on a couple weeks ago, and Ray had a really great uh, point today. Uh, in one of our, our talks, he kind of said that maybe what the NFL needs to do is uh, allow the defenders to literally bear hug the quarterbacks and then blow the whistle immediately. You know, call it a sack. I mean, it sounds a little stupid, almost like two-hand touch. But if you really think about it, if, you're, if you are close enough to the quarterback to wrap both of your arms around him, rather than have to, you know, pull him down maybe they should just but, blow the whistle dead call it a sack let's give the defense something the defense has done i mean all they've done is take from the defense take 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 you can't touch the quarterback you can't touch the receivers you know uh, you can't look in the general direction of an offensive player anymore it's it's so but, bad. Okay, so, so what you're saying is it, you grab the quarterback and it's done so think of all the great plays that we've seen that have started with the quarterback breaking out of the grasp of a defensive lineman i can think of one giant play that will forever live in my brain. Eli Manning being pulled to the ground by three different Patriots, managing to get away, fire a ball downfield, and David Tyree makes one of the most famous catches in Super Bowl history, the helmet grab. That all started with in, Eli being able to get out of the grasp of two or three different in, Patriot linemen. In today's, in today's NFL, there would have been flags all over that play anyway for roughing the passer. Uh, uh, like, uh, at, least one of those, at least one of those guys would have been flagged for it in today's NFL. So what and and what would it have been then? It might have been less yardage. It might have been, I mean, who knows what it would have led to? I mean, I agree with you. I'm on your side. I, I personally, I think that what they've done with this roughing the passer penalty is absolutely terrible. I totally expected it to be, you know, after they would sit down and look at some film and kind of say, okay, this is a little ridiculous. This isn't what we were trying to say. But they've just doubled down on it, and they're just like you said. Now they're affecting games. They're starting to ruin the product. I, I, yeah, it's it's gotten to be almost expected at this point. You, you you see any defensive player that gets a sack, first thing he does is jump up and look <laughs> in the official's direction to see if the flag's coming, and that's ridiculous. Like, could, could you imagine a player like Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor? They'd be flagged every time they sack the quarterback. The way these guys hit the quarterback, and it was clean. And it was fair. And sometimes somebody gets hurt. And that's what happens when you play a violent contact sport. The thing is with the NFL right now, and it's the same thing I say about their Thursday night game, these penalties are about their bottom line. They don't want these players getting hit. They don't want them taking hits in the head. They'd rather them blow out their knees because the concussion lawsuits are all over the place right now. Nobody's suing them about the fact they can't walk 20 years down the line. It's all about the bottom line for the NFL. They don't want players getting hit in the head because they don't want to deal with the concussion out, the con- concussion fallout. They don't. They want player safety, but they'll they'll have guys play Thursday night. They'll fly guys to England to play. They'll fly guys to play in ridiculous altitude in Mexico City. They, the player safety thing is a tired excuse for why you do what you do. It's obviously not true. The only thing that you're doing this for is for your bottom line. So if you at least be honest, come out and say, "Hey, offense, offense sells commercials. People want to tune in to see fifty-six to fifty shootouts." 
then, then at least say that. Like, look, yeah. you know, we're going to penalize the defense a little bit more just because we want to see more offense in the game. Be honest. That's all. That's yeah. all we really ask. And I mean, we're fantasy football guys. We love seeing offense too. But just you know, don't lie and tell me you're looking out for these players. These players' safety when, in the long run, you you, you couldn't care couldn't care less about them. The drive your weight into the quarterback rule is good in spirit, but it's being called in an improper way. I mean, save it for what it's there for. Don't yeah. pick the quarterback up and drive him into the ground. But stop calling penalties. These linemen are just falling onto the quarterback. Yeah. Like we all know, we all know the lift and drive. We all know the hit that they're trying to pe- that they mean when this rule was put into place. And be, be honest with you, I haven't seen more, maybe one or two of them this whole season. But how many of those penalties have been called? Countless. So well, no, your, previous, your previous analysis, I think it's it's fair that in that David Tyree play, that should have been roughing the passer. And the, Giants should lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bitter, dude! You're defend. You guys are the defending champs. And you're still bitter that you're you're still the second class organization, maybe third class organization in that. Yeah, maybe maybe you're the you're the you're the redheaded stepchild of the NFC East. We're ahead of Dallas. No, you're not. <laughs> <We're ahead> of- <laughs> All right, guys. So another guy that we've been kind of hard on this year. Really showed up this week in a big way. You know, Mr. Odell Beckham having himself a day. Throws for a touchdown. Goes for over 130. Catches a touchdown. Should have had two. Still think he should have held on to that one ball in the end zone, but the defender made a great play on it. So, after a tumultuous offseason, uh, injury-shortened season last year, was is this what we can expect to see from Odell Beckham Jr. going forward? Or was it just a flash in the pan he's still kind of – you know, that guy that needs to catch the slant and go to be effective. I think we can absolutely expect this. He's getting paid as the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Um, this is what he's paid to do. I think that the, the bigger story is the interview. You know, that's, that's the big story is the way he called out his teammates, the way he essentially said that Eli is holding him back, that the play calling is holding him back. I mean, you know, even Pat Shermer kind of had like a, a bit of a tantrum uh, during the, the press conference, um, kind of saying like, you know, this is this is what I have to say about it. They're dealing with it in the locker room. I mean, it, to me, it's not so much. Is this what we expect? To me, it's it's, you know, what is the fallout of Odell Beckham and these comments? We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I'm just going to ask you a question straight up. Was anything Odell Beckham said in that interview? wrong no so yeah I, I i texted you this nothing he said was incorrect the problem is should he be saying it publicly or should that be a private in the locker room conversation with and, Coach and you're Mark absolutely Thomas? right but we don't know what's happening behind closed doors right so it was, maybe those conversations have been happening and and not come out on the field and so maybe he felt like he didn't have another form maybe that was the way to say hey if we, if we can't get this done in the locker room we're going to get it done out in the public but we're going to get this done because I'm tired of losing games. I'm tired of not getting mine. I'm, and I'm tired of not producing for this team. And, and, and to be honest, I, I don't think anything he said was wrong. I don't agree. With but let's be honest, guys. The New York Giants over the last I, – I, I don't know where you want to go with this, how long you want to go back. You can go back years. They're a dumpster fire. They have been an awful franchise since they won their last Super Bowl. They've 
failed draft pick after failed draft pick. And this is on the heels of them releasing their first round pick from three years ago this afternoon. You know, this this is a team that, you know, was considered one of the classy marquee franchises of the NFL. And to be honest with you, they're not a very good team. They're not a very good franchise right now. They missed on, they missed on pick after pick after pick. They lose important game. They lose in, they lose in spectacular fashion. You got guys coming on and kicking 63-yard field goals against them. Last year against the Eagles, they have a great comeback, and they let a rookie field goal kicker who's never made one over 35 kick a 53-yard field goal. They, they can't ever get the special teams right. They always have problems in the locker room. You, you're constantly – just everything with the way that franchise has been handled in the last three, four years has been terrible. It's, so I don't think they have the high ground to stand on saying he shouldn't go to the press with this type of stuff. Handling stuff in-house hasn't worked for the Giants in the last five, six years. I'm a Giants fan. I see that. I'm excited. I think OBJ is back. He's one of the, if not the most dynamic players out there. And he's saying as he feels it. He just got paid. Right? Everyone's been saying, oh, he got paid. He's done. He got his money. But no, he comes out. He makes those statements. He wants to win. He's still here. I don't yep. have a problem with it. Absolutely. The flip side of this, guys, right, is he's completely capable of going, fine, I'll just run out there, be a decoy, and get mine. Give the ball to Barkley. He's young, you know, but he's not doing that. He, he doesn't want to just earn his money by, by, you know, running down the field and not catching passes. That's what he's there for. Right. And he's still capable of doing it. I mean, one thing we know for sure is that even if Eli has no time at all to throw the ball, even if Eli can't throw him the ball correctly, he's still going to come up with one or two, and he's going to do amazing, amazing things. It's not always Eli Manning that makes Odell Beckham. I mean, the, you know, it's I not Eli Manning that throws him a yeah. It's not Eli Manning that throws him a slant route and gets him to the house. It's literally just Eli. All you have to do is get the ball to Beckham and let him do his. Thing. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one further than that, Mike. If the Giants didn't have Odell Beckham. Eli Manning is out of the NFL two to three years ago. Already. Two to three years ago. Already. I couldn't agree with you more with that statement. Yeah. Because Victor Cruz, Victor Cruz sure wasn't going to do it. I can tell you that. No. Victor Cruz was a nice story. He was great for what he was. He was a couple years for us. But, you know, Victor Cruz was never going to be that guy that was going to completely change the way teams game plan for for the Giants. He just wasn't, you know. I mean, how much more awful would the Giants offense have been without Odell Beckham last year? Okay, we're talking about a team that couldn't barely get to 20 points for an entire season. And if and Odell was basically their entire offense for the first few weeks until he got injured. I mean, uh, I'm telling you, it's you're, I think you're 100% correct. I don't think that Eli is in the NFL right now if, if Beckham didn't get drafted. Yeah, so – this is a New York Giants podcast. Just want to put that out there. We're going to move on a little bit. We don't want to get t- t- too tied up on Odell because we'll be back on that one a little bit later. But before but, we um, go, Thursday night, look at what we have here. Another exciting – I am super excited for this game Thursday night. The NFL is killing it on Thursday. Yeah. RD. Eagles versus Giants. I am glad you hit that, RD, because I have been uh, – I've been on my soapbox preaching about Thursday night football is terrible. It's bad for the players. It's bad product. But all these games, the last couple of weeks have been great. This New, New England-Indianapolis game, like, I thought it was a good game. I, I mean, obviously, New England had it in hand, but I thought you saw Andrew Luck coming back. He, was zip, he had some zip on some of those balls. Yeah. 
the games have been interesting. They've been watchable. Like the the Rams game, Vikings game, a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, the Rams, Vikings. Still, what a game. still, like, oh, like touchdowns everywhere. And this week, you've got two teams that, like, these guys don't like each other. Like, you could say, oh, Philly doesn't like New York. But, like, the players on these teams don't like each other. Like, it just seems like they play a little bit harder. Like, it's always like whenever the Giants are having a great season, this primetime game against the Eagles, you could most likely write it in for a loss. Whenever the Eagles are playing great, like last year, the Giants should have won both of those damn games against the Eagles. You know, like, I, I'm glad you brought Thursday night this is, has been a hit for the NFL the last couple of weeks. And I, I'm hoping weather doesn't buck that trend this week for them. But I'm expecting another big game this week. Yep. So, all right, Jimmy Boyd. Get us in the last week's recap. All right, back, little recap from last week's ride and die series. We get a, uh, it's terrible, guys. Now listen, as a reminder to the audience, we, we went down from ten picks to six picks. So you know we're not the numbers aren't going to be that great, but but generally speaking, we didn't do that well. Uh, John, you got three. Mike, you got three, and I only got two. Correct. That's pretty bad. And so it gives us for the series for the season so far. John at 25, I'm at 23, Mike at 19. And still in first. Slowly catching up. Um, still in I first. Am, I'm going to get you. All right, all right. I can't let that happen this week. Uh, I, I will say, you know, there's a couple couple really good picks, a couple really bad picks. I'm going to give my, myself some love for the for benching Julio Jones, even though you guys tried to give me an out on that one. Um, Can you give me some love for telling you that your Tennessee picks were terrible and that Buffalo was going to win that game? All right, that's valid. That happened. Right. <laughs> point, point well token, you'll notice that there's no one from Tennessee on any of my picks today. And there shouldn't be. There is not a startable offensive option for fantasy football in the Tennessee, in the Tennessee lineup. Maybe Deion Lewis, but that's a very, very hard maybe. Very hard maybe. All right, so let's get into this. Let's get into this week's segment. Wait, hold, hold on. Before we get into this week, RD, you should be super psyched because if you hit all your picks this week, You'll almost be caught up to Mike, and he's been doing it for like five Aww. weeks. So, good luck, RD. Good luck, RD. <laughs> and and RD, since you are our guest, I'm going to let you get started. So, uh, why don't you give us your ride quarterback? My ride quarterback all day, Jameis Winston, coming out of the gate, establishing his role in that offense. Fifth magic was wonderful, exciting to watch. Broke records, but all Lawrence and Winston team and now here it is he's got the players he's got the pieces i'm excited to see what he does i can't wait to kill you for that pick but we'll wait <laughs> well they are playing an abysmal defense out there in atlanta hey zook why don't you give us your quarterback ride all right so my quarterback ride this week i'm going with the man i affectionately call russell the creator russell wilson is going to be back He's coming back strong. He's got a favorable matchup in Oakland who, let's be honest, people go up and down the field on Oakland easy. So I got Russell Wilson. His receivers are getting healthy. His line's still dumpster fire. But if there's one thing Russell Wilson can do, it's get outside the pocket. It can deal with bad offensive line. Get out there on the perimeter and make some plays happen. I'm going Russell Wilson against Oakland. Love it. Love it. If you're in a heads-up league, you can get him <laughs> on the cheap. I would be going to make that trade as soon as you can. Owners are oh, the, Wilson right now, and he's a great yep. grab. I think he, I think yep. he is quarterback fifteen or sixteen on the year right now. So 
Yeah, I think he's in standard scoring. I think he's got 101, 105 points. So there's that. That's a you can you can absolutely buy low on Russell Wilson right now. Very nice, Mike. What do you got there for your quarterback? All right, so I wrote down three names. Uh, the first one was Jameis Winston, who obviously uh, RD has taken. Uh, the second one is uh, going to come up in a minute. Jimmy took him. So uh, my third name that I wrote down, and, and guys, don't gasp too loudly, Blake Bortles <gasps> versus Dallas. <Ugh. laughs> oh, love the reaction. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. I, uh, I still don't think that Dallas is all that in a bag of chips. I think that Blake Bortles is – slightly underrated and uh, garbage time usually counts for something and there could be garbage time in this game so uh, I'm going to start Blake Bortles versus See why I I think you're a little off on that because I don't think Dallas's offense is good enough to establish a lead large enough to have garbage time and I do like what I saw from Dallas's defense this week against a much better offense in Houston than than you're going to see with Jacksonville so We'll see. I, it's uh, again. I I always try and go a little bold, and this was my third name. I don't think <laughs> so. BFS players out there, you got two chalky players this week. One in D.D. Westbrook, and the other in Dante Moncrief. Yeah, who all of a sudden just has gotten all these targets. I mean, he's not catching half of them. But, but he's healthy though. That's that's uh, always been the problem with Moncrief. He always seems to be banged up. And he's healthy now. No, the, like, the other so. problem is that he can't catch the frigging ball. <laughs> it's the other problem. Both essentially free on DraftKings and FanDuel, which open up some big heavy hitters you can throw yep. in. Yep. The, those those sneaky low low money picks on on FanDuel and and uh, DraftKings, or what when you when you because you could stack those higher price guys into your lineup with them. So all right, Jimmy, nice. give us give us your. Your words of wisdom at quarterback here, buddy. Well, Mike started to give it away a little bit, but I'm going with uh, Dalton versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh just likes giving up uh, big pass plays. I'm riding Dalton this week. And he's home. He's home. He's home, and Vegas agrees with you. One of the highest spreads this week. Get on it. Get on it. Nice. So let's move to uh, – let's stick with our rides. We'll go to running back. Uh, RD, who is your running back? I'm staying in Tampa in that mess in Atlanta, and I'm going to bring the Winston out, and he's going to love himself from Jones at running back. Peyton Barber's now extinct. He's a fossil, releasable, <laughs> droppable in all formats. It's the Ronald Jones time. They're going to establish the run. Got all those weapons on the outside. They got a really dynamic offense, and it's going to be good for Jones. So double Tampa, very risky. I like it this week. Yeah, I, you know, you're 100% right about dropping Peyton Barber. I've I've owned him in two leagues so far this year, and in both of those leagues I have dropped him uh, and happily uh, and not regretted it whatsoever. The, I mean, and I could actually see this working out. They just came off their bye, so they probably sat down and said, okay, Ronald Jones, we're going to give you a shot. We're going to scheme up a, a good 50 plays to start the game and try and keep Atlanta's offense off the field. I, I You know, it's it's – it's bold. It's bold as heck, but uh, I'm in. I'm in. Let's try it. All right, John, who do you have as your running back? All right, so we started to see the emergence a couple weeks ago. You saw a solid game from him last Thursday. I think Sony Michelle takes over the lead role in the New England backfield, and I know 
it's crazy to talk about a guy getting a lead role in New England backfield because as soon as you say that, he doesn't touch the ball for 16 weeks. But I think the Patriots spent a high draft pick on a running back. It's not something they usually do. And they didn't do it to give James White the ball. They did it because they believe this kid is a playmaker and he's a guy that's going to make Brady better. And if there's one thing that New England does well, it's put guys around Brady to make him better and last longer. And Sony Michelle takes that next jump forward this week. And has a, I think he has a monster week against KC. James White's an individual player from Sony Michelle. And that old wives tale that stay away from New England running backs, those days are over. That, that story's moved to Seattle. Stay away yeah. from Seattle <laughs> running back. New England's good to go. <laughs> I agree with all that. Nice. All right. So uh, let's stick there. With Mike, what do you got? So I'm, I'm actually going to take the other New England running back. I think that James White is borderline RB1 in the, in the league right now. He's putting up huge, huge numbers, and it's regardless of how Sonny Michelle does because they're two different types of it's players. A lot, it's a James, lot like what was going on with Kamara and Ingram last year. They were both right. putting up monster weeks. Well, here's the reasoning, John, because James White gets all of his yardage through the air. And Sony Michelle's getting all of his yardage on the ground. So you're talking about two players that have different roles. They're both going to be startable. I agree with your start of Sony Michelle, not disagree. And I think James White is, is I, honestly, I, I feel almost criminal being able to list him in the starts. I think that this guy has become, uh, carved himself a role in the, the, the top 15 running backs so far this year. He's been unbelievable, especially in PPR leagues. I hope that pans out because I still have to ride James White for real, <laughs> and uh, I think I also have to ride this guy for real. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start Mike Davis at Oakland. I know RD just said that Seattle's no. but you know I, I think given the matchup, uh, given what they're doing right now, and, and the fact that you know there's a, a lot of reliance on Wilson, he's found some opportunities by giving the ball to Mike Davis, and I hope that works out. What happens if it's Chris Carson? What happens if it's Rashad Penny? You see, that question is just equally as absurd. It's not going to be any of those guys. Running game is Here, dead. Here's my concern with Davis. If you look at snap count, and I just pulled it up on the hot seat, real-time laptop, Tyler Lockett <laughs> sitting there at 87% snaps. Right? Mike Davis is 42%, so he's on the field. Chris Carson is out there 58% of the time. Doug Baldwin's out there almost every play, you know, and then it's just not, it's not consistent. It's going to be, going to be a crapshoot, right? You don't know which one's going to go. It's a a tough pool. I mean, Carson's sitting well with um, Coach Pete. He loves them. He's putting them out there. I I think Davis is more explosive, but that's a tough one. Like like we said, this is about bold predictions. All right, it is a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction. Let's move on the wide receiver uh, rides. RD, who do you got? Who am I riding? Who are you uh, riding at wide receiver? There's out in Denver. He is just amazing to me. He's on the field last game, 95% of the snaps, targeted 14 times, 72 yards, nine catches. He's out targeting Sutton, Thomas. Lindsey, Freeman, all of them, almost by doubles, some of them by triple. He has been a, a DFS darling for me for going on two years. What a great 
SWR3 you could put on your team. An amazing floor with a sense of feeling every week. He was the first name that I wrote down in my wide receiver starts. I was upset that you took him, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders has been habitual a, a, appearance on Ride or Die segment this, this year. Like He's been literally on the show every week. Every week. Yeah, you're right. So. You're right. And we've been predicting him right. He's one of the few guys that we get right on a regular well, basis. Well, I mean, yeah. He's, Emmanuel Sanders has always been a, a, a quality start at wide receiver. It's just for the past couple of years, but like, He's had a bunch of clowns throwing him the ball, and I'm not so sure it's any different with Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah, Case Keenum's still a clown. Yeah, he's definitely I, I, inconsistent. Case Keenum over Winston was my second one as a bold prediction. I think we start to see what he can do this week. Cortland Sutton working in with DT coming back. Not a horrible chalky play with Case Keenum. All right. I guess the Rams, Rams D, huh? All right. Uh, Johnny, what do you have for your wide receiver? So my wide receiver, I'm going to go with a guy who a couple monster weeks back-to-back, then non-existent last week. You got Calvin Ridley versus that Tampa Bay secondary. That Tampa Bay secondary is the worst secondary in the league. You know, Air- second, second worst. Second worst. Atlanta's the worst. Oh, Atlanta, well, they can't, Calvin Ridley can't play the Atlanta <laughs> can't secondary. Can't play himself. So just saying. Just just. Just, just making sure it's right. You know, uh, I know a lot of guys are really high on Julio Jones this week for DFS, but uh, for my money, I'm, I'm willing to put – if I'm going to put an Atlanta receiver in my DFS lineup, I'm going to put Calvin Ridley. It's not going to cost me as much. And, you know, he's a guy that you probably got mid to mid – to, or the later mid-rounds in your draft, and he's a great flex option at this point. He's getting the targets. He's breaking the plays. He had, he had a down week last week, but, I mean, you know, six touchdowns over three weeks – you know, that's not a fluke. And against Tampa Bay, this kid could have another big multiple-score game. So I'm going Calvin Ridley. Okay. Mikey, who do you have? I'm actually going to bring up a name that RD's already mentioned. Uh, in Seattle, Tyler Lockett going up against Oakland. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, Doug Baldwin is still not 100%, even though they say that he is. Um, and Tyler Lockett's been balling out this year. Um, I-, I think he's going to be a good start this week against Oakland. Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett has actually surpassed Doug Baldwin as the primary t- uh, target in that passing game in Seattle. So I, I, I like the value of Tyler Lockett, and I like that. I, I like that start. Okay, and I'm going to go with uh, sticking with that Bucks Atlanta game. I mean, when you talk about two terrible defenses, you know, I could everyone could say Mike Evans. That's the obvious one. I'm going to say Deshaun Jackson continues to. You know, break out. And, you know, he's only going to be good for a couple catches a game. But when he does get him, and while he's still healthy, you know, now's an opportunity why you can still still utilize him. You know, against that again terrible Atlanta defense. Like nobody gets behind defenses better than Deshaun Jackson. It's it's amazing. This guy's ninety three years old, and he's still blowing past secondaries. It's crazy. He is so fast. The way he can shift gears into high gears so quickly. It's pretty wild. And since half our ride picks are, um, you know, the Bucks Atlanta, I'm now predicting that game to be nine to six. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> impossible. <laughs> All right, let's do before we get to our, our streaming options uh, for tight end defense. Let's let's do our die options for quarterback, running back, wide receiver. RD, give me your die quarterback. It's Wentz. He's breaking my heart. Ooh, it's painful. Thursday night's going to be a tough day at the office for him. 
needs to just get it together. They're out of sync. Great having Jeffrey back. Wentz does not look at Aguilar. That's the um, Foles target. They got the two tight ends, Ertz. I'm just really struggling watching Wentz. Something was off on that game. I probably went back and watched every snap. And I'm really excited for the Thursday game, but I almost it's going to be tough for me to watch him. But I hope he surprises me. This is one of those hedge your bet picks. So if if there's if there's one team that you want your struggling quarterback and your struggling offense to play, it's the New York Giants because you know we're where teams go to bust their slump. <laughs> especially when you have a tight end as good as Zach Ertz. New York is perennially horrible against tight end. Uh, You know, we'll see. Uh, The weather is also going to be a factor in that game, which is one of the reasons I won't hate on his sitting here. It will be. New York showed a lot of heart in Carolina this last week, and that's a team that's fighting to win. To me, the Eagles are going the other direction there. By the the way, Fox 29, you suck. I still have not seen the field goal kick. They cut <laughs> after Newton threw the intercept or through the incomplete pass. They cut to commercial and they were at commercial the whole time. And they come back. It's three plays into the Eagles game. Didn't see the field goal. Didn't hear the field goal. They never even gave the score. They just cut away from the game before the field goal was kicked. I flip over to red zone and I see Graham Gano running off the field. And I had no idea what just happened. I didn't know if they were chasing him off the field. If he just kicked the field goal, Fox 29, you suck. You are my sit of the week. <laughs> Sorry. Not yeah. to go completely off the rails. Not to go completely off the rails. But if you have a chance, uh, uh, look up the Spanish uh, radio call of the game-winning field call. Absolutely six, not. I want to know what the I want to know what the Fox call was on TV. I know. I, I heard that, Mikey. Dude, it is absolutely awesome to listen to that guy. I, is, I don't even know how it's possible that he can say that many words that quickly. <laughs> I want to I want to learn Spanish just because the they are so much better at announcing games than uh, I take your pick. I mean Joe oh. Joe Buck is 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 childish compared to this guy. Awesome. All right, yeah, let's, let's get, get back on track. track. John, who is your die quarterback? I'm still mad about the television feed cutting out. Oh, my my die quarterback this week is a guy that I've been out on since our pre-draft uh, shows started, I've been telling you when Fitzpatrick was in that the team didn't look that good with this guy. The entire time he's been at the home of this team, I think you see a complete regression in the Tampa Bay offense with Jameis Winston back there playing quarterback. I'm sitting him. I think he's going to have some ring rust he not needs to knock off. And to be honest with you, I just don't think he's that good. I'm sitting we Winston. Head to head. I'm going to knock him down a couple pegs for you guys so you can catch uh-huh. up. Ain't going to happen, buddy. Oh, yeah, me too, man. That's awesome. All right, Mike, give me, uh, give me your – Hey, hey, RD, when, uh, when I beat you in that head-to-head, you going to buy me a crab leg dinner? I'll always Ooh. buy you a crab leg dinner. <laughs> or are you just, just going <laughs> to steal them from the stop and shop? <laughs> high level. That's a high-level burn. <laughs> Very high-level. <laughs> Off the rails here, boys. Mike, give me your quarterback. Uh, let's sit Phillip Rivers versus Cleveland. Believe it or not, Cleveland's defense is actually pretty freaking good. As ex- you know, uh, Exhibit A, they've been in overtime three out of the last five weeks, <laughs> uh, mainly because the, they have a, a really good defense. They got pass rushers. They got this really awesome cornerback I think everybody's heard of. 
And uh, I, I don't know. I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a rough time with this team. I think the, the, they're going to have success running the ball. I think it's going to be a big week for Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. So I'm going to stay away from Rivers. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I have, you know, Jared Goff, the luxury I guess of having Jared Goff as my backup to Rivers or vice versa, I guess. So Rivers can, can sit, I agree. All right, and I'm going with uh, Derek Carr versus Seattle. Um, again, another one of those those defenses that's not as 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 bad as they you know have have looked maybe the first couple weeks. And Carr is just way too inconsistent, and so I'm I'm buying on Carr this week. I can't believe that I started Amari Cooper last week. <laughs> I still I I laughed for a good 15 minutes listening back to the show when you made that pick, but. <laughs> all right rd uh let's move the running back running back dies who, who are you with so this one let me put it in perspective if i'm in a head to head league there's no way i'm sitting this running back or the next receiver i'm going to pick but in a fade capacity this last week in dfs i faded kamara hard and it worked out and this week i am fading barkley against philly the game is going to be in the air. It's going to be pass after pass after pass. They have an answer for Barkley. They're going to shut him down. They'll keep him out of the flat. Not playing him in any DFS format whatsoever. That one hurts. That one kind of hurts my heart a little bit. I, Saquon Barkley has been every bit as advertised. I, I just he's on my matchup proof list at this point. I. Yeah, he he's done it every week. He just goes out there and produces every week. He's amazing, no doubt. If I'm Eagles defensive coordinator, I'm shutting him down and I'm letting OBJ, who just bad his quarterback, beat me. Yeah, can't can't argue with that logic <laughs> at all. All right, John, who do you have? All right, so my sit this week is gonna be Alex Collins. So, I just I, – I guess I've been out on Collins th- this whole year. I go back and forth on him. Tennessee's got a very good defense against the run. Um, Tennessee's got a very good defense, period. But, I, I don't know. I think this is going to be more of a Flacco-John Brown game. You know, that – I just don't see Collins getting, get, getting the carries he needs to be in your lineup. You know, I think Buck Allen steals his touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get the yardage against that that Tennessee front. So I'm if if I have a better option, I'm sitting Alex Collins. Yeah, that's fair. That that, that whole yeah. running back course seems pretty un, un not good. All right, Mike, what do you got? So uh, going to take a bold stance here, and I'm going to say sit Zeke Elliott versus the Jaguars. Wow. Yeah have a very good defense, uh, especially against the run. Um, I, I, I don't – you know, it's tough. I mean, obviously, again, head-to-head, you're not going to sit Zeke Elliott, but I would definitely temper expectations. Don't expect to have a 25-point week from Ezekiel Elliott. I think uh, you should be real happy if you get 15 points from him this week. That's my take. That is bold. That is bold. Uh, I think, I don't think the Jags are that strong. I don't think Minnesota's that strong. I think Zeke is matchup proof. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I do think Zeke is matchup proof. Look at Jacksonville scoring 
over the last five weeks on ESPN, five points against KC, eight points against the Jets, six points against Tennessee. They are giving up running back yardage. They are susceptible to the pass, susceptible in the slot. Their really only good week was up against the Giants week one, and that's a throwaway. Yeah, pretty much. And even then, Barkley was able to gash them for a couple big runs. All right, and I'm going with another bold prediction. I'm going with Kareem Hunt going wow. to New England. Wow. Three, three first-round running backs. Sit them. We are yeah. getting crazy right now. I'll be crazy. But, again, but, but for a lot of the same reasons. What I, what I saw a little bit last, last Thursday night football, you know, with, with New England is that they're starting to put their pieces together. They tend to use the first three, four weeks to really get their team working in sync. And, but – I also think they give up a lot in the receiving game. I think this goes between, you know, Brady and Mahomes airing things out and, and less scheming around Kareem Hunt. All right, so it's just a game plan thing. You just don't, you don't think he's going to be shut down. You just don't think he's going to be as part as much of the game plan as he is in the past. Uh, I can I can understand that a little more than thinking he's going to get shut down against New England, which is oof, oof. all right. Moving to wide receiver, uh, RD. Who do you have? Another head-to-head battle with our host, Mr. Duke. I am fading Calvin Ridley big time for a couple reasons. One, he's going to be 80-90% owned still since his recent touchdown production has been prolific, to say the least. And then it's just too obvious to me. Look at these cornerbacks that he's up against, Carlton Davis, Brent Grimes, Ryan Smith, MJ Stewart. I wouldn't know these guys if I was sitting on a plane next to them. There's just too many <laughs> things sitting here. And Julio Jones, I just – it's going it's gonna to be Julio's 150-yard week with two touchdowns. It's coming. Sanu is just tearing it up out there. So you think Julio is going to get in the end zone for the first time this year? Julio has not been targeted in the red zone since week one. Not even targeted. Uh, let's be honest, in week one, week one, the game plan was pretty terrible, too. They had a first and goal from the one-yard line, and Julio Jones wasn't even on the field that entire series. So, I'm also thinking their running game gets established. Freeman's a little healthier. They were tentative last week. He's going to be the lead back. Seven will back him up. Ito's going to start to go back into his occasional role, and they'll, they'll get things right. This is going to be their week. They're going to come together. Tampa can't stop them. All right. All right, I like it. Johnny, what do you got? All right, this one kills me here. I'm uh I'm gonna say this again. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. But at this point, Larry Fitzgerald is almost unrosterable. Uh, it's 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 tough to say, but I haven't seen enough out of that quarterback to even waste a pick on any of those receivers. David Johnson's got to be miserable behind that line and having that quarterback hand off to him and not be able to. It's just, I don't know what's going on out there in Arizona, but, you know, Fitz banged up, not really getting the targets that he, that he is accustomed to seeing at this point, especially with the matchup he has this week, you know, against the Vikings. So Xavier Rhodes probably going to be over top of him most of the game. So I'm sitting Larry Fitzgerald and it breaks my heart to do it. It's like it's like an end of an era or something. Just, it really feels like right. that, man. It it does. We're witnessing it. All right, Mike. Give us give us better news than, than Fitz. Well, I'm sitting somebody, so it's not good news. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to sit Will Fuller against Buffalo. Third, third time he uh, sat but... Fuller this year. You hate Will Fuller. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate. I like him. the I guy. Hate too. Him. I, I do. I really do like him. I mean, the truth is, whenever he's healthy and he plays, he seems to score a touchdown. Uh, as long as Deshaun Watson. Is this is he is seven for eight with touchdowns in games that Deshaun Watson's played with him. Well, I mean, so, I mean, honestly, though, when you when you look at a stat like that, that is just so unrealistic to keep up with that. Eventually, it has to stop. So, I mean, that's not why I'm picking him as a sit. Buffalo has actually been very sneakily good against the pass. And honestly, uh, you know, I know that Buffalo has been playing hard against a lot of teams this year, but I have a feeling that the Texans are going to be concerned with Fuller and his injury with his hamstrings. I think this will be a Kiki Kuti day. I think that they'll, they'll try and get out to an early lead so they don't have to use Will Fuller. Um, that's kind of where my thinking is. I just, I think they're going to want to try and stay away from him this week to use him again in, in some of the more difficult matchups, which is one of the reasons I think that Buffalo does have any kind of success in the league is that people are uh, playing against them lightly. So, uh, but that's that's kind of where my thinking is. I think that Fuller Fuller should be a sit this week. I I don't think he scores a touchdown. And another thing you should throw into that little analysis there is that, you know, Deshaun Watson's banged up. Yeah, he's he's pretty banged up right now. So uh, he's on the injury report is questionable. They they're, they're pretty sure he's going to play. But you know, all that takes he's got a chest injury. So all it takes is somebody landed on him the wrong way again, and you know, back to he was barely able to I move mean, in the second half of that game last week. I can tell you right now, it it really doesn't matter who the backup is. If Deshaun Watson is not the one throwing the ball, you're you're basically taking Will Fuller's value and chopping it, you know, into a quarter of yep. what it is when Watson's Absolutely. out there. The, I mean that that's the bottom line. If if Deshaun Watson's not the quarterback, Will Fuller is almost unrosterable. Yeah, we, we, we saw it last year. Yeah, is Kiki Kute the hottest waiver wire pickup for wide receiver this week? If he's still out there. Um, I think he was the hottest pickup last week. I, if, I yeah, think he got scooped up in a ton of leagues last week. He might, if he's still out there in any of your leagues, go out and grab him because this guy, you know, he's from the the West Welker mold. You know, he's that small, shifty slot receiver from Texas Tech. Yeah, those guys make it in the league, and he's got he's got great hands. It looks like he runs great routes, and he's able to move the ball upfield after he catches it quick. He's one of those guys catch the ball and he's able to turn it upfield very quickly so i i just have a feeling that it's going to be more of a day that i think he's going to have a good day i think that fuller's not going to get the touchdown this week yahoo and um roster watts has them aggregate owned at 34 percent that seems to me very low i'm pretty sure he's owned in all my league but yeah I, every league i'm in he's owned because i because i he's put owned. waiver claims in for him and didn't get any of them <laughs> All right, last die is mine, and let me tell you about this guy, Demarius Thomas. Trade away for a bag of peanuts in one league, and bench him in another, and he decides to show up last week and catch touchdowns. He drops the game-winning touchdown for you two week weeks before. ago, yeah. and then you trade him off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So listen, I you know I don't I don't usually say this, but I hope he pulls a hammy. Oh. But anyway, he's old, he's slow. <laughs> He's playing the Rams. RD already talked about the fact that Sanders is really going to be the guy catching, you know, getting the, the touches there. Uh, I'm, I'm benching Demarius Thomas. Even the league I have him, I'm really benching him. I'm never talking about this guy ever again on this. On this. He looks disinterested. Yes, he doesn't want to be there. All right. 
So let's go to our streaming options, guys. So again, as a reminder, we're just going to throw out a you know tight ends and defenses are basically you know except for a handful of them, they're basically useless. But most of them have to start them. So let's give you some streaming options and some bench options. At tight end, we're talking about Cameron Bray. You know, Mike, what are you thinking about Cameron Bray this week as our as our streaming option? Very simple. Uh, actually, there's there's actually more than one reason other than the fact that you're talking about the two worst passing defenses in the NFL facing each other and two offenses that are not afraid to throw the ball. The truth is that one of Winston's safety blankets has always been Cameron Brait. He loves to throw to the tight end. And more specifically, he loves to throw to Cameron Brait. I'm not 100% sure that even when O.J. Howard comes back, that Brait will not still have value because Jameis Winston loves to throw the ball to this guy. So uh, it, I think if Winston is going to struggle, he's going to struggle um, with maybe throwing to Mike Evans. He's probably going to struggle throwing to Deshaun Jackson, who he never had a rapport with. And I think he'll be throwing the ball nonstop to Cameron Bray. All right. So if Kevin Bray's the guy I'm streaming, RD, give me a guy to bench. Oh, man, I have a few I want to get rid of. Um, Jimmy <laughs> I'm not liking it. I, I thought Jimmy Graham was going to be the man this week with the receiver injuries, and then, boom, you get Marquise Valdez-Scant popping up out of nowhere, and then Devontae Adams, who is 100% matchup proof at this point. He's amazing. And I guess my big – I think my big fit – where I'm not really seeing it, it's probably going to be Mr. Kittle again. Wow. Don't get back on that trip. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ray, we did not organize this, I promise. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. All right, like, looking at defense. Um, hey, John, what's our uh, defensive stream for the week? So, uh, we touched on a little bit how they've been tough against the uh, pass. Uh, they've been playing better the last couple weeks. Uh, you know, if you got a tough matchup with the, with the defense that you've rostered, this is a defense that's available in over 50% of most leagues and formats out there. I consider streaming the Buffalo Bills this week. You know, it's a, uh, it's a little risky of a pick, but they have a favorable matchup against a – where are we at? Against the Houston team that has a banged-up quarterback – has a banged-up running back, has a 37-year-old backup running back. They do have the best receiver in football, but I would consider streaming the Bills' defense this week. All right. I will say one more thing. If you can't get Cameron Bright on your waivers, I think everyone's going to be targeting him. And if you can't get Uzuma, Dallas Goddard is, according to Roster Watch, 7% owned aggregate. That's a nice grab compliment backers if you need a streamer to speak to. So a, a little full disclosure, we're all in a league together and the guy I am playing this week in that league is actually has Dallas Goddard in his starting lineup. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, uh, and I can one hundred I can one hundred percent guarantee you without a shadow of a doubt I will lose this matchup somehow. <laughs> Probably because Dallas Goddard is going to have to uh, it's, it's, just to get you. It, it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion. It's a because oh, I would like to mention that I played this guy last week. He played Dallas Goddard in that position, and uh, I, I blew his doors off. So <laughs> you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He's going against the Giants, man. I told you, the Giants are so bad. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, it's 
just driving me crazy. It's I'm looking at that lo- that roster, and I know it's not going to change much, and I I just know I'm not even going to come close to winning, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> nice. All right, final take defense. I think we talked about Tennessee a little bit. John, Mike, what do you guys think about Tennessee? I think Joe Flacco and John Brown go deep a couple different times in this game. I don't think Tennessee has the firepower to really, on the offensive side, to give their defense a break. So I think they're going to have to be doing a lot of trail trail technique, trying to catch a faster John Brown. You know, I just I see the Tennessee defense going to be on the field a ton. They're going to be gassed. I think Baltimore is going to light them up for some for some touchdowns. I, I'd stay away from Tennessee if I were this week. I agree with that 100%, and mainly because of the John Brown take. I think John Brown is is uh, proving to be a, a really, really strong wide receiver, too, in this league right now. Uh, he's showing that when he's healthy, he, he can ball out. So uh, I really like that take. They're tired. They've had some tough matchups in Houston, Jack, Philly, and then Buffalo put it to them. Then they come in the Baltimore and then the Chargers before they're by. Tough round. It's a very tough run. But I'll tell you what, man, kudos to that team, though, for, for winning a bunch of tough games. I mean, I, I, their they record is much better than I expected. That's, an, that's another team that uh, really owes the officials uh, a sincere, heartfelt thank you for that Philadelphia win. I mean, the, the, to throw the flag that they threw in overtime to give Tennessee a new set of downs, it, it, it was, in my opinion, it was absurd. Unbelievable. It was absurd. It's it's just another yep. one of these, and that's one of the things that drives me crazy with these officiating now too. Is he's the plays over, and then the flag comes in after the fact. It's like, come on, throw the flag when the penalty happens, or don't throw the flag, because at that point it just looks like, oh well, it was an incomplete pass. Flag, let's give him a new set of downs here. It's this is coming from a man who despises the Eagles. That's I, how bad that I, call was. That's how bad yeah. that call was. <laughs> yeah, yeah to, like perfect point there. Like anybody who knows me knows that. I absolutely cannot stand anything Philadelphia related. But when I watched that play, I was just like, you can't even be like, oh, well, you get what you get. No, it was terrible. It was, it's destroying the product of the game that we all love. And I don't know. I'm not going to get off on that tangent again. So, all right, boys, I think that's it for ride or die this week. Am I right? Tipping. Yep. All right. So I want to, before we get into one of my favorite segments, you know, we had a, a big milestone week for Drew Brees. Uh, this week so it got me thinking you know we we've always talked about who's who's the best Brady or Manning you know who's the best Rodgers or Brady the one guy that I feel like's never been in that conversation although he absolutely deserves to be in that conversation and you can make an argument that he's the answer to those questions is Drew Brees like how do you go years and years of watching this guy just throw up ridiculous video game numbers and not consider him Arguably, arguably the best quarterback that we've ever seen. Like, where does Drew Brees rank for you guys, Mike? Where, where, where's he at on, in your pantheon? I'll tell you what, man. At this point, I think you have to consider him uh, up at the top with some of the best quarterbacks that have ever played this game. I think, you know, you definitely place him ahead of guys uh, from the past, like Marino and Elway. Um, you know, guys that have, I mean, he's got, he's got championships, he's got stats, and he's also half a foot shorter than any other of those guys. I mean, he's, he's got an, an incredible way of reading a defense. He has an incredible way of controlling the line of scrimmage. 
uh, he does everything. He can run with the ball. He can uh, quarterback sneak with the best of them. Uh, and honestly, he's about to be a member of a club uh, next week. The next week he plays because they're on by next week. But the next time he plays, he will presumably become a member of the 500 touchdown club, which only, I believe, has three members at the moment. I mean, that's that's incredible. Uh, he's proven to to be one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And I think that each of us has definitely had a turn owning this guy as a fantasy quarterback. I can remember just riding him through 50 point weeks before it was a thing. You know, when, when Drew Brees was just, you know, head, head, heels, everything above everyone else point wise, Uh, you know, 300 points a year, no problem. I, you know, that's that's this guy. Absolutely, yeah. Mike. You know, that's the you're that's the guy I rode the last time I think I won our league, which which was six or seven years ago. But you know, that's that's who I had, and he threw points, and he's consistent. And you know, without even thinking about it, the second John said that you know he wanted to talk about Breeze, I wrote Brady, Breeze, and Rogers in that order. Um, and sometimes I, I wonder if you know, given given the gameplay sometimes, given who, who, his, who his weapons have been sometimes, that you know, I just think he belongs up there with those, those really the, the greats. He's a hero of mine. I have a picture of him on my screensaver. He's 39. I don't know if you guys caught the Washington Post article that came out over the weekend. He plans to play football until he's 45. He gets up every day. All of his exercises he does. He said in this article that he does 53 reps of the different core exercises each day. That next Super Bowl number. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I I have to say, like everybody, for a guy who everybody wrote off after that shoulder injury in in um, San Diego, diving for diving for a ball in a meaningless game at the end of the season. And completely tearing up his his throwing shoulder, to not being signed by Miami because Nick Saban didn't think that he could throw the ball anymore. Yeah, Nick Saban passed on Drew Brees, guys. Then he wow. signed with New Orleans as the only team that was willing to take him on. And remember, when he went to New Orleans, they weren't a very good team. They were no, they not were even kind, close. Not they even were a kind bit. of a laughing stock. You know, they were for a while. They were, they were the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Browns. <laughs> Fans with bags on their heads. Drew Brees not only went there and won games, he changed the face of an entire franchise, and he did it while being one of the classiest guys in the NFL that we've ever seen. And you know what? To be honest with you, you said Brady, Brees, Rodgers. Like, I guess you have those all guys ahead of Manning. I have a very tight – a lot tighter than most people think it should be because of the amount of Super Bowls Brady has. Everybody gives him the heads. I think that Drew Brees has been the better quarterback, the more consistent quarterback, and the more dynamic quarterback over the course of his career than, than any of those guys. Maybe not hasn't had the big stage success that these guys have had, but he's been there. He's won one. He, if he's, ha- he's had opportunities to win others. It just hasn't rolled his way. I, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if I could put him ahead of Brady. I could put him right there with Tom Brady, though. You know, Brady gets the edge because of the Super Bowl. But, I mean, we're looking at a guy who – he's just never stopped. It's, it's just always been one obstacle after another obstacle after another obstacle for this guy. And he just goes past them, just keeps blowing past these things like they don't exist. 
So Drew Brees is another one of those guys, you know, I've never been a Saints fan. I've never really cared for the team or whatever. But Drew Brees has always been a guy that I will sit and I will watch and I will cheer for, cheer for unless he's playing my team. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Our, our team had a, a pretty amazing game uh, against him a couple of years ago. Um, down in the Superdome, you remember that the friggin' they had a oh, boat race down there. Thirteen combined touchdowns. He got he got oh, the ball back goodness. with forty eight seconds on his own fifteen yard line and won the game. Yeah, yeah, incredible. One, the last thing I want to say about Drew Brees, and I think a couple of young quarterbacks could really should should probably watch the way he Baker does this. Mayf- Baker Mayfield way- should have a poster of Drew Brees above his bed. The <laughs> way that he hypes up a team pregame. Uh, they did a montage right before football last night of of him basically counting down, uh, you know, with the everybody huddled around him and he's he's getting everyone hyped up. He's leading a chant, and you you just don't see quarterbacks command um, command the hype, command the adrenaline of all of these guys the way that Drew Brees does it. Um, he has a very special and unique way of of just you know. Uh, getting these guys ready to play every single game. And if you've never seen him hype up a team, go on YouTube, check it out because it's well worth it. I mean, uh, a couple of players that I've uh, on this podcast, uh, at least one in particular that I've made fun of for the way he would hype up his team pregame would probably, you know, he'd probably learn a thing or two from watching. Yeah. It just, some of these guys go out there and do it and it just seems forced and unauthentic with with Drew Brees. It just seems completely like heartfelt, everything he does. So, um, all right, let's move on to our next thing. Mike, what are we, what are we doing next, Mike? Come on. Who's ready to take a trip to Thunderdome? Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to Thunderdome. <laughs> That's it, guys. Let me tell you something. Man. I, we had a lot of fun doing this a couple weeks ago. And uh, bottom line is, if, if, if you lose Thunderdome, you will have to host Thunderdome the next time we do it. Uh, I, unfortunately, of the three weekly hosts, had the uh, – well, John was obviously giving it to us, so it was me versus Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy was able to get 9 out of 15. I was only able to get 7 out of 15, so here I am. I will administer the same torture to you guys. Choose your weapon wisely, and uh, best of luck. Uh, who would like to go first? Oh. Don't all volunteer. <laughs> my hand. Oh, let's right, let's let our guests go first. Okay, RD, the rules are very simple. I'm going to give you uh, five names, or I'm sorry, ten names from each position. I'm going to give you two at a time. So one player versus one player. You tell me who's going to score more points next week. Okay? And just shout them out as soon as I give them to you. If you take too long, we're going to buzz you. That's how it works. No special scoring rules? No, we're going to go just uh, uh, standard scoring, okay? Nothing, nothing crazy. All right, I'm going to give you five quarterbacks, five running backs, and five wide receivers. Are you ready? I am ready. Watson or Rodgers? Rodgers all day. Luck or Newton? Newton. Brady or Mahomes? Brady. Keenum or Alex Smith? Keenum. Wentz or Goff? Goff. Thanks for that one. <laughs> Connor or McCaffrey? Oh, Connor time, baby. James Connor. Mixon or Michelle? Mixon. 
Collins or Carson? These are easy. Carson. (laughs) Jordan Howard or Devontae Freeman? Howard is coming back, but I can't go against Freeman. That's a tough one. Freeman. Eckler or Coleman? Eckler. Beckham or Julio? Beckham. Woods or Evans? Oof, Evans. Allen Robinson or Mohamed Sanu? Oh, baby. Well, if I can't, I can't fade Ridley and not take Sanu. Sanu. Alshon Jeffrey or Will Fuller? Oh, you got me scared on Fuller, so Jeffrey. Keenan Allen or Landry? Allen. All right. Good job. You didn't do any running backs. He did. Oh, he did? Oh, it must have been. Yeah. You're too busy watching the Yankee game over there. I'm, I'm heartbroken over my Chicago Bears running back. It's um, <laughs> got me crippled in yep. so many leagues right now, and I hope we can get it together. Oh. All right. So, Jimmy, since John is busy watching the Yankees, why don't you go next? <laughs> I guess that's a no. I'll go. No, I said I'll go. Uh, <laughs> All right, come on, Jimmy. Here we yep. go. You ready? Ryan or Roethlisberger? Ryan. Rivers or Dalton? Rivers. Flacco or Carr? Flacco. Brady or Wentz? Brady. Wilson or Luck? Wilson. Gurley or Gordon? Oh. Uh, Ooh, girly. Lynch or Lindsay? Lindsay. Freeman or Drake? Freeman. Jones or Lewis? Aaron Jones or Deion Lewis? Jesus, pile of crap. Aaron Jones. <laughs> David Johnson or Christian McCaffrey? McCaffrey. Adam Thielen or DeAndre Hopkins? Oh. Wow. Wow. Hopkins. Hopkins. <laughs> I will accept Hopkins. Julio or Hill? Bozum. Hill. Hill. That's a buzzer. Oh, come you on. Not that. said Hill. No way. You suck. Evans or Adams? Adams. Green or Tate? Tate. Westbrook or Cole? Ooh. Oh, Westbrook. All right. Man, a lot of, a lot of borderline buzzers there, man. You He's took a long time. A long time. I had, to, I had to give you the, the first time. I had to, I had to the first time I had to think about who you were even talking about. Like, like I was missing the first name. <laughs> All right. All right, John. Yeah, you ready? Yes, I'm going to bomb this. this yeah, awesome. buddy. Let's do it. All right. Goff or Mahomes? Luck or Rivers? Rivers. Borders or Dalton? What? Bortles or Bortles Dalton. or Dalton? Newton or Brady? Brady. Wilson or Wilson. Wentz? Barkley or Barkley. Elliott? Yeldon, Yeldon or Hyde? Hunt or Johnson? Hunt. Clement or McCoy? Oh, Clement. Crowell or Crowell. Lynch? Cup or Diggs? Oh, Diggs. Beckham or Brown? Uh, b- 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 Brown. 
Adams or Juju? Adams. Boyd or Galladay? Who was that first one? Oh, Boyd Galladay. or Galladay? John Brown or Jarvis Landry? John Brown. All right. Good job, guys. That Good is job. A little, that is a little how, stressful, how, man. Like, how, like, I, like I, I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> I'll be honest. You, you deliver a lot faster than, than I did this time around, which really made it seem intense. But I, I was more concerned with getting it out clearly. Yeah, we gotta, you got to work on your delivery. It's got to be fast, man. It's got to be fast. So, <laughs> all right. So, next, trust me, there there will be a next. There will be a next time, so don't worry. Um, left. From from what from the answers I'm remembering giving, which I don't remember all of them, I'm pretty sure I'll be delivering again next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll let we'll let you know. We'll so, just you know give you a little week. background on why I didn't do my best there. You know, it's the bottom of the ninth. They're down three. There's two men on. Nobody out in game four of the playoffs. So. My my attention has been other other places at times tonight, so just just putting that out there. <laughs> so yeah, excuses, excuses. All right, so we're gonna try something new with you guys this week. You know, we all get on our soapbox and we ran a little bit here and there. We're gonna start a little something at the end of at the end of some episodes called closing arguments. This is your chance to get out there and give me your rant. You know, you got two minutes. Convince me of anything that you want right now. Like you want to talk to me about coaching decisions you want to talk to me about officiating you want to talk to me about player individual you want to talk to me about why the guy that you got killed on in your ride or die is the best starter that week you know anything you want to talk about jimmy boy let's start off with you great i want to start off in kansas city with that big barbecue eating head coach andy reed who has his kansas city chiefs riding high at five and oh now here's a guy who historically has issues managing the clock he's figured out the problem to you know, with his woes is just to be ahead, you know, score, throw up points, you know, not, not be playing from behind all the time. And he's got that offense completely riding high. Now I'm going to bring that back East coast to one of his proteges, Doug Peterson, who, all right, granted, Doug Peterson has the Super Bowl ring from last year and they are still the world champion Eagles until further notice, but they're only at two and three and playing terribly. And the hope was that Wentz would come in, the guy who didn't get to play in the Super Bowl, and maybe they would be the cure for those Super Bowl hangovers. But that's not happening. He's only one player, and the rest of that team is playing flat. They're not on the same page. And even Doug Peterson's play calling seems uninspired at times. One last point is around Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills, stop holding wide receivers. You're, you do it every single week, and you're killing us with penalties, and Shut your mouth. When, you, when a guy like Adam Thielen, who is just better at his position than you are at yours, if you beat him once, you do not have the right to, to mouth off. Just shut up and play football. <laughs> Coming in hot. All right. Uh, I Mike, like it. you're on the clock, buddy. I want to talk about NFL GMs and how they think they're smart and cute. You know, a lot of guys think they need to dump salary they need to get rid of players that are are going to be too much and not offer enough well let's talk about the Oakland Raiders and about how all of a sudden they're not really good at rushing the passer maybe that's because they got rid of one of the premier pass rushing defensive players in the league Khalil Mack by trading him to the Chicago Bears just a stupid move and now their defense can't run on a quarterback at all it's just ridiculous and then you have the Cleveland Browns who are having issues quote unquote with Antonio Callaway having trouble catching the ball and running routes. So they have to use Jarvis Landry on the outside, which is not really where he's comfortable. He's more comfortable in the slot. Wouldn't it be great if they had another 
premier outside receiver, somebody like, I don't know, Josh Gordon. Nope, traded him away because he had, quote-unquote, issues. And then you'd look at the, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys could use what right now? A wide receiver? Maybe a guy like Des Bryant? Very, very strange to let somebody go who could literally help your team win right this second. All of these teams having issues that could have been prevented just by holding on. It's it's pretty ridiculous. I think that some of these GMs just think they're getting a little too cute. That's all. All right. And uh, to, to finish this up here, I'm going back to something we touched on earlier in the, in the show. OBJ. All right. Yeah, the interview, maybe not the best platform to say what he said, but I, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I don't think he said what he said was wrong. I think he's absolutely correct on everything that he said. The play calling has been uninspired. Eli's been a hot mess. You know, you got one of the premier receivers in the league, one of the most athletic players we've ever seen, one of the best talents we've ever seen. And they're throwing him four yard routes week in, week out. I mean, maybe he shouldn't have gone and done an interview with little Wayne sitting next to him, talking to Joe Cena Anderson, Anderson, but maybe that's what we needed. And you know what else? Eli Manning needs to stop getting a pass. He's been garbage for the last two and a half, three seasons. You know, some of it's the offensive line, but you can't keep blaming the offensive line. There's other quarterbacks in the league with equally as bad lines, and they play way better than Eli with less talent around them. I think the problem is with this whole interview situation with OBJ is that people just don't like OBJ for one reason or another. They don't like the messenger. They don't, they don't mind the message. They just don't like the person delivering it. And I think OBJ was 100% correct in everything he said. Maybe not the way he went about it, but I absolutely think he was 100% right in everything he brought up in that interview. Anything else, boys? Nothing this week for me, buddy. I uh, want to thank R.D. for coming on the podcast. Yeah, R.D., great having you on here, man. Brought a lot to the show. Really appreciate you coming on. Hope to have you back on again soon. Um, you know, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can always find us on Twitter at Hot Seat Podcast One or shoot us an email at Hot Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, Apple Podcasts or, or uh, Google Podcasts. I think we are now on spotify as well so hit that subscribe button and thanks for listening